I believe that children are future. Teach them well and let them lead the way. Show them all the beauty they possess inside. Give them a sense of pride to make it easier. Let the children's laughter remind us how we used to be. <laughs> well done. Come on. I try. I try. I, lo- I love having ringers come into the studio here and say that they're so nervous. They're so nervous. They're so nervous. No, you did well. You did great. Thank you. I oh, try sometimes. Thanks so much for opening up the show that way. No, no problem. This is our deal. This is the construction life. So welcome. Thank it's, you so it's much. It's the price, the admission to come into the show here is that you got to just do a little bit of karaoke. Yeah. Not even the whole song. It's not like maybe we'll get to a point where we'll have to do a whole video production or something. Yeah, right. Defend it. <laughs> Rebuild the whole 80s and get Whitney and all that I action, the outfits and everything. That Maybe we'll get to that point. Bust it out. <laughs> <laughs> so, Stephanie, welcome. I'm, I'm excited about this show because obviously it's always, it's always great to have a realtor on the show. For sure. And especially during these um, um, interesting days. Yes, very interesting <laughs> days to say the least. So let me shout out the deeds first. I'm wearing Huntington uh, t-shirt. Thank you so much. I always give a shout out to anybody I'm wearing nice. a t-shirt. So uh, I also want to share everybody. So Stephanie D'Souza is here. So Stephanie D'Souza and Associates. Website is stephaniedesouza.com. Phone number is 647-330-5279. And it's, uh, her email is stephanie at stephaniedesouza.com. And then on IG, it's Stephanie D'Souza Realtor with two r's at the end and then on facebook it's stephanie d'souza not on tiktok no <laughs> no not gonna do with tiktok how long you've been a realtor um i've been in real estate for 17 years that's a big chunk of time yeah yeah very long so you've seen it change you've seen it climb yes and what's it doing now so yes when i first started that's actually just as it started climbing uh, right now, I would say in today's day, it's more like stagnating. Okay. So last year we had a correction. Okay. So we saw some values drop, which um, we hadn't seen in like two decades, I would say. So last year we actually, you know, to everyone's surprise, we did see it correct. But right now it's kind of just leveling off. Who's at fault for the leveling? Is it as blatant as the bank rates, lending rates? Supply? Uh, supply has always been an issue, right? But uh, there is, it's actually directly correlated with the interest rates. Okay. So as soon as uh, it, you know, the interest rates started going up last year, there we noticed it right away. The market started to How soften. many times have it gone up this year already so far? This year has been... I thought it was like four... About six times this year. Six times and we're September still. Yes, and we're in September. By the time this airs, it'll be October. But I mean, it's just like, and and so now we just saw it not go up. Exactly. Uh, last week on Wednesday. So September 6th, the Bank of Canada decided to keep it the same. So everyone was very relieved. For now. For now. I mean, are we not trying to figure out how we um, stimulate an economy here? Are we just continuously trying to slowly rip this Band-Aid off taking our sweet time like 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 i just feel that the bank of canada which is being driven by other forces or whatever is doing this on purpose because it's creating this 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 downturn yes and a lot of people feel that way right Uh, a lot of people are perplexed uh because all of 2021 the the market was 
it was absolutely insane. Even thinking back to it, uh, we have like PTSD because it was so difficult to even get a buyer into a property. It was madness. Um, we would have uh, 15 minutes to see a property. And if you were late, tough luck. You're not going to see it because the next people are in there. Um, it was and, so and heated. Just, so surplus was just moving that quickly. They didn't care. They just, as long as they got their, their number that was above asking or whatever, just get out. We already sold it. Leave us alone kind of thing. Well, yes. Once it sells, yes. Then you don't want to have showings or any of that. But uh, they weren't even giving the people fair amount of time. No, just because the demand was so high, it's in one day there would be 20 appointments Seller would be exhausted. They need to be making their beds. Um, you know, some of them, a lot of people, families, when their property's for sale, they don't cook at home, so it doesn't have that strong, you know, yeah. food smell. Yeah. Uh, so a lot of people, you know, uh, get takeout, and that gets tiring. They have to make their bed, their kids' bed. The kids can't throw, you know, toys on the floor. So it's tough on some. It was tough on some families. So some of them would be like, "Sorry, after twenty appointments, we don't want anybody, anybody else." seeing it so we need a break now it's the complete opposite now it's the complete opposite now we're basically begging sometimes we have to beg like come please show come see this but house. nobody's buying just because they won't get financing for it yeah so believe it or not like the the interest rates are the highest they've been in you know in uh, over a decade for sure so we're not seeing those two three percent rates um but there's still buyers a lot of buyers in the market because people need real estate for so many different reasons, right? What we notice with markets like this is that there's just less of the speculators. It's just people that really need to move or, you know, really need to buy or really need to sell. So Where nobody's window shopping, right? Nobody's now. window shopping. No, people are a lot more intentional. So uh, now on average, you know, when the market was at its height, which was 2021 and beginning of first quarter of 2022, we would, on our listings, we would get an average of 100 appointments per week on one, you know, house. Uh, but only about 20 to 30% of those people would actually be interested buyers and would come forth with offers, right? So the, so if you look at it in a percentage, more people than not were just window shopping or speculating. Whereas now, on average for a listing, we get about 10 to 12 appointments per week. So it's gone down significantly, but about 80% of those bring offers, like they're serious. They're seriously looking to buy a home. But you're getting, aren't you getting two groups of people that are being pushed into a pickle because you're getting a lot of people that got five-year mortgages at variable that are just being royally mashed up Yeah. because they know that in a year or two or three years, renewal time is coming and that interest rate is triple. Yes. And they won't be able to afford it. So then their alternative is literally to sell it. But now they're trying to sell it in a downturn market. Yes. So now they're probably going to lose value of their property. And then you're also getting all this force um, actions going on from the banks, because I guess right now with our banking system, Canada in history, speaking wise, has never been in the red banking wise. Yes. Historically never been right. But now there's a huge threat that they might actually go into the red because of a lot of defaulting. And it all yes. starts with cars, leases, and overextending, and all these cars and, and people that should never purchased. But then they also bought the matching home at a variable. They believed their bank advisors, whether they knew or didn't know it, that this was going to go up. But 
not everything stays down low in this cushy. I remember my parents coming in this country in, in, in the 80s and having an interest rate of 16, 17 exactly. percent. Yeah. But you're talking about a dwelling that was less than $100,000. Precisely. So we all know, you know this from the math of today. Any smart buyer would rather have a 16, 17 percent mortgage interest rate on a 100000 valued home exactly. over a two or three, but now it's seven on a $1.5 million home. Exactly. The, the, the numbers only benefit the banks, but the problem, the big problem now is the defaulting that's going on. And we've heard our potential next prime minister talk a lot about how there is going to be this storm. So we might actually have this housing collapse where you're just going to have bankruptcy on top of bankruptcy, just bad debt on top of bad debt, and you're going to have people just get stuck into this rental, which is a whole other world now. Yes, the rental the rental industry is a whole other beast, yeah. I recently looked at a property that I owned in the St. Clair uh, Dufferin area. Oh, yes. I got I sold it in 09, so before the craziness, right? right? right. And I it was funny, just for you know shits and giggles, I looked at, it was three units in the property, and I maintained nice. the property, and I took care of it, up, upgraded it quite a bit because i know a thing or two about construction <laughs> and at the max on the larger unit i was renting it out for eleven hundred dollars the max and that was a two right. floor area it was a good amount i think it was about maybe 12 or 1300 square feet on the two wow. floors and then uh the main floor was about 700 square feet and i was renting that out for 750 and then the basement was like less than i think it was maybe 500 square feet and it was very sh short basement but the yes. tenant was there for the longest time never bothered and she was only paying 550 a month wow. so then i just checked it out to see what it is currently renting out for so that top unit is renting out for almost three grand exactly yeah. the main floor is renting out for 1800 and then the basement's renting out for 900 wow. so almost everything is doubled yes rent wise for that same dwelling in that area there yeah which at minimum I, at doubled. minimum and i'm sure that they're probably trying to maybe get rid of these people to try to get more exactly. and then there's that whole world so there's so much going on in the real estate market which is making it more difficult for you guys because now you got people who either i guess won't qualify you're asking for more money. Nobody like that. The running joke is that you need 25 years just to get your down payment. When back in the day, <laughs> yeah. it would be 25 years to pay off your mortgage. Yes, that's true. So how do we correct this? Or is this just a matter of like, we just have to weather this Stephanie and just survive it. Yes. Uh, those are actually really great topics. And it's um, a question that we get asked at least, you know, on a daily basis. Right. Um, so basically every market is cyclical, right? Whether it's real estate or, you know, anything really it's cyclical. So there's a time to buy, there's a time to sell, and there's also a time to do nothing. Uh, there's some people, there's some clients, basically our job is to advise people very and look after their interests. So the minute someone's your client, uh, you have to give them advice yeah. and the advice you're giving them is based on the outcome they're looking for. And everyone has a different uh, or, you know, looking to do different things. So, for example, in these types of markets, if it's a buyer that's looking to buy and sell, it doesn't really matter because they're doing a trade. So if they're selling high, they're buying high. If they're selling lower, they're also buying lower. Yeah. They're just doing a trade. So, you know, it, it, timing is not as crucial. Now, if it's someone that's just looking to sell an asset, the first question we ask people is, do you need to sell now or can you wait one to two years? Because selling now, you're not going to get the full value of what it is. You may not. Yeah. Most and, likely. And why? Because affordability has gone down 
three times. Yeah. Right. So, and this is something we explain to a lot of sellers too, right? Because some sellers are like, oh, but you know, why can't I get the same price, you know, that my neighbor got, um, you know, January of last year. And it's like, well, it was a heavily inflated market and um, they were getting interest rates of 2%. We actually saw some clients get less than 1% interest rates if they had a really good credit. Wow. So we had um, this uh, couple, uh, they were both engineers and we saw them get an interest rate of zero point, yeah, it was point zero, just under 1%, I believe it was at the time. Yeah. On a variable? On a, on a variable. Okay. Uh, but that is crazy, Rare. right? And uh, obviously their qualification, uh, they were qualified for a lot more because they were able to lock in such a low rate. Now that same buyer with an interest rate now at six, close to seven, affordability looks very different. Now their approval, they were qualified at the time for 1.2. Now it's looking more like seven, 750. So you see that difference in like um, affordability. So how is there such a dramatic change on the qualifications here? How is it that someone a year ago was able to be secured for 1.2, but now today that same person, job is still the same, money is still the same, everything's the same. The only thing is different, I guess, is just inflation and economy and bank rates. Yeah. And you're almost cutting their qualifications in half. Exactly, yes. And um, that's a real challenge, right? Uh, that's all due to the several interest rate increases right all of 2021 we were begging like we, we we kept saying we're like oh no these interest rates they have to go down they have to go up just a little bit just to kind of cool it you know it's it's crazy we we would have to put 10 to 12 offers you know for one buyer in order to get one house so mm -hmm. they would offer be like sorry someone offered more than you sorry you didn't get it back to the drawing board back to the drawing board sorry you got outbidded again and you're there like negotiating for multiple hours. Sometimes you're there negotiating for four to five hours on a Friday night and then you get a, no, sorry, someone offered more than you. And so we were all saying like, we need some relief. We need some relief because a lot of the locals are having problems buying, right? The investors, you know, whoever's coming in heavy with cash, local, you know, everyday blue collar people can't compete with that. Yeah. So, you know, it's like you leave your house, you know, to work you know, you're, you're nine to five, your house is making more money than you are. Right. And it's, you know, with appreciations like that, it wasn't making sense. So we're like, we need at least one or two increases here. Uh, took a little bit long for it to come in. And then when it came in, it was like guns a blazing. Like now from March, from the very first increase to today, it's been 13 uh, interest rate increases. So it's we're like, extreme. we're like, how about you slow down a little bit? Like, you know, I think it's good now. <laughs> I think you've cooled it. So why why do they continue? Well, I guess they got to do that because some idiots decided to print money. Exactly. And that's a problem, right? You can't just print money. It, it needs to be backed by something. That's how you cause hyperinflation. So you meet in a 20-year in a span, you've met so many different people purchasing the biggest purchase of their life, right? Yes. Whether yes. they're couples, single, whatever it is, all kinds of people, immigrants, locals. Yeah. All it's kinds everything. of stories, right? Why is it that human nature dictates that we have to keep up with the Joneses and someone buys a property and then they they live in there, build a family for a certain amount of time, almost most likely single year time. Yes. So five years or whatever. Then they go, you know what? We've got lots of equity in this house now. We're going to buy another property. And then they buy a bigger property. It costs more money. So they're not actually 
improving their financial balance sheet at that point. So why is it that human nature dictates that we keep up with the Joneses and we keep on wanting to buy on top of, on top of, on top of? And then we get into the situation now that they can't carry that. And if they would have stayed on that first property that was just good size for the family, because we know factually speaking that families are not larger than two people or two kids maybe three kids at the most of that right and so you don't it's not necessarily for space it's more about just ego and showing off to your neighbors very much why are these people doing this and and this is i i I revert back to and this has been brought up on the show before where what happened in the u.s in 08 is gonna destroy canada now it could be i i still don't think it will be as bad as in the states because i remember when that happened in the states they had financing programs like nina Ridiculous. which means no income no assets so you know someone would just open a business you know juan's landscaping go to the bank be like hey i want to get a mortgage and they would just get a mortgage for you know 10 properties <laughs> no problem and and they would give uh, people cash back yeah that has never really been a thing here i remember cash back was popular when i not popular but it was offered here when i first started selling real estate and then in 2010 all of that was cut like no cash back people used to be able to buy with zero percent down here yeah um that stopped yeah like 13 years ago it stopped right um however so canada the lending has always been conservative conservative banks yes yes i i definitely don't think what happened in the states will happen here just because we are way more conservative and we're not giving people um you know just random if you don't have you know assets or income no worries you can have a mortgage no here if you want a mortgage here you need to have income you need well, to have good credit. When and I say that, billing I think that part of what I'm going to say is mm-hmm. that, and I go back to the, the other part of my, my thought process is that you had so many younger people buying properties that they had no business buying. Yeah. And just because they're divorced parents yeah. and they were able to go to two large pools of money for a deposit. Mm, that makes sense. That you were qualified to buy that property. And as much as I used to love downtown Toronto and all these idiot young morons were buying properties that were way too expensive for their financial bracket or mindset, they're going to get stuck because unless their parents are getting another divorce and they can get another (laughs) pool of money from them, (laughs) which is not going to happen because on the other flip side of that situation is that people are living longer. Yes. So these, these parents are going to start to really realize we don't have enough to retire, to survive retire. And we see that. We see that. Uh, Some of our clients are elderly. They're in their 70s and 80s. And and right now, we're currently dealing with two clients like that. Uh, There's one we just successfully um, closed their transaction uh, right on Monday of this week, and they became mortgage-free, right, at uh, 70. Uh, Whereas people back in the day, they were becoming mortgage-free in their 50s. So, so they're mortgage-free in their 70s, but can they survive the next 20 years? Because technically that's speaking, right, that's what they need to be doing. Exactly. So you have to figure out how much money you need as a couple or whatever. Most likely, he's going to go first before her. Just statistically. I'm, statistically. No, it's true. I'm not mm-hmm. wishing it or anything. I'm just saying that sure. right now, if you get to that age bracket, a woman is living to their late 80s. Men are living to their mid to early 80s, right? Yes. Um, so they have to still survive anywhere from 15 to 20 years, financially speaking. That's correct. So mortgage-free, great, but you still have the property taxes. You still have utility expenses. You still have your own food. And if you've got a car, insurance, home insurance, you still have expenses. And then you've got to just live day to day. 
Yes. And, and not enough people think about that. They're not, not enough thinking. people think of the future. And like, like you said, back in the day it was 50s and that was a different story. So yeah. my problem is that these parents gave a lot of their nest egg over to these stupid children of theirs yeah. to buy properties that they should never, like they've, they should have went to you for an approval, <laughs> yeah. but they should have went to their parents for a life approval. You know what I'm <laughs> saying? So true. Like this is no stupid. None of this you, is taught in school. You right? can't buy in Leslieville. You can't buy in Queen West. You can't buy in Little Italy. Just stop looking at these places right now. Uh, but then they don't want to be in condos. But then we're also seeing condos are slightly in trouble now because they're slowing down the progress of building pre-con yeah. because you tell me there's lots of inventory right now yeah. that is more competitive than a new pre-con in four or five years. 100%. So you can't move forward on Builders that. Builders started to get a little bit greedy, though. They are getting greedy, but then when you break it all down, it's that greediness is coming from government because of their yeah. greediness. But of course, the yeah. the builders fed that greediness. Like it's no different than you were walking down the street and then the local mobster said, <laughs> you, "You have to pay me right. if you want to build here." So right. they've been paying the government. Oh, of course, there's so many taxes. So on now them. they've then I've, I've allocated so much money to build this building. That means each unit's going to cost this. Yes. Which means that I have to sell it for that. Which means that I can't compete with what's already in in right. inventory. The resale. Yeah, that's right. So it means I'm going to put a full stop on this build. And that's right. And that is something that we um, we've seen a little bit of. It's still holding up pretty well. There's still a lot of pre-construction um, that they are selling out, but they're taking longer to sell out. Yeah. Some of them would sell out in first phase. Now they're kind of like at fifty percent on the first phase. Do you, you know? focus, Stephanie, more on high rise or or you do all kinds? We do all kinds of uh, residential real estate. Residential, yeah. Yes, That's yeah. right. Okay, yeah, yeah. Because it's different markets if it's commercial, or residential. Exactly. But you're dealing Com with two completely different high rise, right? and you're doing uh, dwellings as well, single family yes. or whatever dwellings, right? Yeah. We call those freehold uh, properties. Freehold is just a normal house without a condo fee. Okay. Yeah. All right. And now I guess my problem is that you these young people that are somewhat smart mm -hmm. that don't overbuy into right. these neighborhoods and they decide to go with a condo, their biggest gripe, which happens really quickly, it's not enough space and That's the right. maintenance fees are astronomical. Some of and them then the mortgage payments are going to be astronomical because they're going to be variable, what have you. And then they can be like, we have to get out of here because we're, we're going to kill each other if we stay <laughs> here because we have a one bedroom plus den. Right. And you just got pregnant, that's, which that's is right. our problem, not your problem. Of course. Right. So you guys both, as far as I know from biology, it, <laughs> it takes two. two, right? <laughs> Still taking two. Yeah. <laughs> Still taking two. So it's just like they're going to get antsy about not wanting to stay in the high rise, but they can't afford so then the alternative is you rent, and then the rent is just ridiculous. Like, I saw that story. It was all making it all over social media where that one landlord just hiked up the uh, the, the rent on a uncontrolled rent exactly. to $9,000 just to kick the person out. Yes. And I'm that's, like, that's why, unfair. why are these rules like not being, why are we not protecting the tenants at this point? Why are we letting this, this gong show happen? Honestly, things like that usually happen, crazy rules, because not enough people speak up. There's not enough interest. So that's the problem. So then a lot of these laws, bylaws get passed just simply because no one's there. You know, people are busy looking at Kim Kardashian on Instagram. They're looking at, you know, what Drake's doing, Kim is doing, but they're not really paying attention to what's happening in their own Escapism, life. Escapism, right? Yeah, because it's easier to cope, right? 
when you're paying attention to other people's lives, you're kind of, you don't have to pay attention to yours, right? But then that's how we get into problems like this. So you're, you're applying, you're, you're helping these people get their mortgage. So are well, we, we help them, um, we help them find their homes and sell their homes, right? Um, getting the mortgage, we have a lot of partners like yeah, that are mortgage brokers. Yes, we work directly, you know, as partners. Um, it, it, to close one real estate transaction, it involves several professionals, yes. a minimum of five professionals, and we all work together as a team to get one transaction. So it involves so many professionals, you know? Um, and, uh, it's great. That's something I actually really like about real estate through one transaction. You can employ so many different people, yeah. right. Um, and help so many people. And, um, so just in one, like the most important one I would say is the mortgage broker because without lending, without an approval, nothing can be done. You don't have a buyer if they're not qualified. So right. Here's my question. I think the stat that I read recently was that the average person needs to be making well over $200,000 a year just to qualify. Yes. for So to buy an average home in, in Toronto exactly. nowadays is what? 1.1, 1.2 yes. average home? Yes. Like an average home, three bedroom home. Yes. It's about a million still. Yeah. So to qualify, they okay. need to be made. So 230K. One person needs to be, or you have a dual income to qualify to get that. Yeah. So you're speaking to these people. So you're getting into their nitty gritty of what they do job wise. In my assumption, just me being in my 50s, right? My assumption is like, there's no way this group of people are making that much money in their jobs. That's correct. Unless you've got a city of only fans people, but <laughs> that's not the case, <laughs> no. right? So I think it's a small percentage of people that are making a lot of money on social exactly. media and being influencers or doing all that kind of crap. Yeah. I think the majority of people have regular jobs that are going into businesses that are probably streamlining their businesses as well, where they're like, okay, are you really worth 70, 80 K? Exactly. But even at 70, 80 K, you're not qualifying. So are these people making this much money? Are they actually hitting these numbers? Well, it's actually very funny you say that. In the beginning of my real estate career, I would, um, you know, uh, sometimes single guys or single gals will come would come to my office and I could put them in a home. But in the last, I would say, seven to eight years, um, it, that started to change. And it changes slowly, so you don't even notice it. But today, um, like all of our clients, are, there's two incomes. There's no such thing as one income, one, you know, one income households anymore. Both have to be working, right? So you're being forced that you have to partner up with somebody You have else. to partner up, yes. That's um, the only way you can qualify. Yes, uh, because the average, it's like people that make over 300K, that's just like 1% of the population, you know? So <laughs> it's like there aren't a, uh, like a high percentage of people making, uh, you know, quarter million, half a million a year. That that doesn't exist, right? Like in uh, in as a majority so what happens is you know let's say um what you know you're a couple you're buying one partner makes 100k the other partner makes 100k now you have 200k income now you can afford something uh better are they right? doing something stupid like getting the parents to co-sign uh you know what we do have a lot of, that's a lot of the first-time buyers yeah a lot of the first-time buyers are getting assistance from you know bank of mom and dad okay Yes, a lot. Um, but for a lot of them, it's they actually just want a place to live like it's a residence. They're not looking to invest. It's they want to stop paying rent because the rents are so high. Right. Uh, we have a lot of people call us and they're like, honestly, I was looking to rent. And then I started seeing the rent prices and I'm like, you know, why don't I just buy? I, it, it's kind of painful, uh, you know, paying thirty five hundred for a condo per month. So maybe I should 
look into buying. And then, you know, mom and dad, depending on your cultural background, um, you know, your parents, they put aside some money to help you either, you know, with an education or housing. Yeah. Uh, you know, in our culture, it's very different. We have to help our parents, right? It's the opposite. But um, what's your background? Uh, Port- Portuguese, Brazilian. Oh, okay. Yes. So. Fala uh, Portuguese? Yes. Yeah, same. Fala. <laughs> I, I, I thought you might be Portuguese from your last name, Nevis. I'm in construction. Yeah, and in construction, yes. A lot of our clients are construction workers. Okay. Very common. So, all yes. Right. So, As contractors, we know safety is crucial at all times. But having team members not follow or even worse, not know safety protocols is something that can cause stress and anxiety in the workplace. We face this and many other challenges daily from calling the entire team just to make sure jobs are done in a safe manner to updating team members one by one about training they need to complete regarding a certain tool or a new regulation only to figure out who has or hasn't completed the training and document everything in messy folders. We deal with a lot, but Connect Team is here to help us out. Connect Team is a platform built for managers with a lot of different capabilities made to ease communications and operations, helping you get a clear and live overview of your business while giving your employees one central and simple app for work. Connect Team has a free plan and a 14-day free trial. Try them today by checking out the link in the show notes. So you know how it is. Your Portuguese parents didn't save a down it's payment a, for yeah, you. You had to yeah, hustle and make that down payment. Yeah, yeah, it's a completely different mindset. Uh, our parents are just waiting for us to provide for them in their old age, right? So, but we noticed that depending on the culture or, you know, depending, some parents will be like, no, I've already put aside money to help. And we're like, wow, that's awesome. You know, that's a great head start. Uh, so some, they, they do. They do use bank of mom and dad. What do you think, Stephanie, that, um, what do you think is going to happen? So what I think will happen in the, in the next five years, what do you think is in the happen? next five years? I think everything, well, first, I think everything will be fine. That's the first thing I think we'll be fine. Um, as humans, we're very resilient and we adjust, we adjust to changes. Look what we did for two years. Everyone was lo- like for 10 months locked up in their homes, you know, yeah. and we adjust quickly we go back to things, you know, we, we are pretty resilient, I would say. Uh, but I think that what we'll notice is uh, just things kind of level off a little bit more we'll notice that you know eventually the incomes will start catching up but that will take you know it'll take a little bit longer but we'll start to see things kind of kind of just calm down a bit because the thing about Toronto and GTA is it was overlooked for a very long time uh me whenever I'm looking at history because I often have to look at history of real estate uh, when I'm giving people valuations and things of that nature the Toronto real estate market from 2000 to 2010 was literally like nothing was happening. The price you would pay yeah. for a home in 2000 was the price you were paying in 2010. Yeah. There was zero appreciation. So it's like you were hold, you, you you weren't paying rent, so you were paying down an asset, but there was no appreciations uh, like yeah, it, it was, was just the average 3 that, to 5% a year at most. That St. Clair Dufferin property, I think it was 218 purchased and it was sold for 403. There you go. Over a nine-year period. And, and that was a pretty but that was right be- that Yeah, that was like, that was normal land. That was normal. And then exactly. it became crazy right after that. Yeah, and then right, it, it all kind of like started mainly in the beginning of my career. It started to climb. And after 2010, just it seems like everyone woke up to Toronto. Like everyone all you of a sudden. You think it was influenced by the U.S. because they were losing their shit in 08 and then all of a sudden ours started going through the roof exactly that's when it started climbing right we didn't even have a we we no it never no, he he avoided all that because he he kept it very restrictive about who was going to get approved and so you couldn't buy a property yes so the problem is that what what happened in the last seven years 
uh, is that everybody, it, it was almost Oprah. Like, you want a car? You want a car? You want a car? <laughs> yes. Everybody gets a car. Yes. Everybody gets a loan. Everybody gets everything. But it has to yes. be variable. Yes. And then now everyone's like really, really scared, right? So, I mean, it's yes. it's kind of hard for me to, to hear you say that in five years it's going to be okay because in construction, mm-hmm. I think a lot of tradespeople are losing their their shirts. They're, they're trying to downsize. Well, that's one of the first signs, right? When you see construction slowing down, start to notice. Mm. Constru- I've always said construction and retail. Built. And retail, yes. Once you st- And retail took a massive hit during the funny years recently. Mm. Uh, construction didn't, right? right. B- but what I always argued on the, on the show was that construction didn't because everybody was going loony at home. And they realized that their home wasn't something that I call about breathing. Nobody was paying attention to the breathing of their home. Then they quickly were sitting at home all the time realizing our home is not really a home. Exactly. So we don't want to buy another property, but we're going to renovate our property. Yes. But now we're um, we're at the crest of the wave of clients screwing over contractors because we're allowing them to screw us over because they can't screw over the banks because banks hold their asset. Yes. We're not holding their assets. So that's that right. we have to fight for our money. So that that's why I'm saying is that the contractors are losing. So if you start losing construction, which we are starting to see that, yeah. it's going to be a tough, mean next five years. It could be. It could be for sure. That That's the thing, right? It's hard to speculate, like s- speculation. And, and there's so many different opinions on it. But what I find is that the most important thing is to actually do the opposite of what most people do, which is you know, keeping up with the Joneses. Uh, Everybody, you know, during 2021 was buying, you know, willy-nilly because everyone else was doing it. But they had no clue what they were really buying. Uh, They wouldn't even look into it, really. They're like, oh, let's just buy because everyone's doing it. So I think that as long as people are actually paying attention, uh, because right now there's tons of good deals right now. Okay. There's so many good deals. Good deals for who? For regular Joe homeowner? For buying, yeah, for people that are buying. Okay. Yes, but what happens, it's, Good deals don't come out every day. They don't come out, you know, multiple great opportunities every day. It's you have to be patient and you have to be looking. A lot of people have so much anxiety. Sometimes we're representing buyers. You know, we're one week into the into the buying process and they're like, oh my gosh, this is getting so frustrated. So frustrating. And it's like, you literally just started looking. <laughs> like, is it just what's like, the rush? Just like they just don't, they have no patience. They have no it. patience. And it's like, well, that's not a good deal. That property is not a good deal. Why? Because it's overpriced. Seller, seller needs to lower that price, right? They're like, oh, okay, well, you know, but okay, so let's go on to the next. They're like, oh, man, like, okay, I just want to offer on this one. Okay, you can offer on it for sure, but it's not a, it's not a good price. You're, you're, you're going to be paying over market value. They're like, I know, but I'm so tired of looking. It's like, well, do, do you want to rush into things and have issues later? Or do you want to just take a little bit more time and, and, and get the good deal? Because there's many times where we're representing a buyer. Properties listed, let's say, at a million. We look at, we analyze it, we evaluate the property. It's like, nope, this property is worth maximum 850 to 9 on a good day. Okay. So then, you know, buyer's like, oh, okay, so what should we do? We're like, offer what it's worth. Oh, but that's like 150 k below asking. That's nice offer 150k below asking yeah they're like oh okay it's like but what if the seller says no well if the seller says no you move on that's it simple yeah. as that you have a choice you don't have to buy that property are there still madness of bidding going on right now that's not happening no it happens um let's say like 2021 beginning of last year it would happen you know like 
nine out of 10 times. Okay. Now we're seeing it happen maybe two to three okay. times out of 10. So we still see multiple, like we still see things sell over asking, but way less, way less. Are you going to get multi-level ownership? Is that going to be a thing coming in here where these? I think it is because of the rent prices. Yeah. Yeah. And now those are starting to make more sense because in the last decade, um, a lot of those like triplexes, rental properties, uh, they were selling super high, but the rents hadn't quite catched up yet. Yeah. So they hadn't caught up. So what would happen is someone would want to buy a rental property, but they, they wouldn't even get when generally when we talk about um, investment properties for rental purposes, we want to look at at least a cap rate of 5%, like a rate of return. Right. Okay. Anyone that's investing, you're investing to make money. Right. Yes. Some people are OK with it just paying itself off because that's a retirement fund. That's actually how I started buying real estate. I started buying real estate very young. And my thinking was always like, I don't want to make uh, revenue off of it. I just wanted to pay itself off because then when, you know, you I'm 60. Asset. Yeah. When I'm 50, 60, I have property paid in cash. Right. And then I that's income. That's all going to be income. Are banks still interested in that? Banks are still interested in that. Yes, okay. they are. Um, and the thing is now that the prices have corrected, prices have adjusted, rents have increased tremendously. Now they're trying to make sense again. Now you can actually get cap rates of five or even higher. So that's a, a, a market that's becoming very interesting. What's the maximum again? Someone told me this before on the show, but how many people can go on title of one single property? Like you can do a multi-level. What is it for? Yes. Generally, it's like there's no clear cut like rule, but generally about four. So you can get four individuals. If it's four friends, whatever, they're co-owning this property and yes. then they would take a certain floor. And with the new rules and construction here with the OBC and everything like that, you can actually divide up the unit to create those yes. three dwellings and then probably a backyard 90s garden suite or wherever it is. Yes. So then now you got four people living in and they own it yes. together. And that's yeah. that's basically the alternative to the high uh, rent rates right now. Yes, that is the alternative. But rents have gone up everywhere, like in every type of property. I think just not commercial, maybe. Well, because commercial took such a massive hit during COVID, Precisely. right? Yeah. So there's no value. I, I know so many people have commercial properties that are yeah, just that got really empty. Hurt. Yeah, They're just that, empty, that industry right? got hurt. I was a bit worried about that industry. And yeah. now I guess the new rules now, you've got a lot of businesses, big corporations that are forcing people to return to work. Exactly. And if they don't, because everyone got nice and cushy staying at home, right? Yeah, too comfortable. But that's how, so you got to go with the times at that point, right? You have to go with the times. And that's very important. Um, investing is all about the time you're in, right? Because we hear a lot of people say like, oh, back in the day, I paid, uh, you know, I paid this. It's like, okay, but back when? Because it changes. The world changes, Everything changes. Information becomes obsolete after 18 months. Like even if what you learned in university no longer applies. It's information always changes. That's why you have to keep up. So my biggest biggest problem with is if you compare, lots of people compare this stuff on social media, right? Where they start yeah. comparing what a car was back then, what an average income was back then, and then what the price of a home was back then compared to now. Exactly. And, and the car and the home are dramatically higher today than the actual income. The income hasn't gone up the same way no. that, um, that these other items have gone up, right? So that's why you get a lot of people, whether you believe they're conspiracy theorists or all kinds of <laughs> yeah. that, saying that we're in a silent depression right now. 
right? I believe that we, though. We, we've heard this term, right? Yeah. It's come up. And I've, I've been saying this for two and a half, almost three years now that Same. a depression was happening. If you look at just history wise, you go back, what was costing then and what they were making then and you compare it to today. Yeah, we are in a depression. Yeah. But people 100%. are still trying to keep up with the Joneses and trying to like, I'm confused on how certain businesses in Toronto can sell a $9 croissant. And <laughs> we these, say the same. And, and these, my partner, yeah. And these idiots, and I'm saying, I, and, I, and I've tried it, give me a $2 croissant, right? Seriously. And I just, I don't get how these people can afford a $9 croissant and then a $5 latte or whatever stupid goat milk, ant milk, <laughs> all that shit attached to it. Avocado toast. I don't get it, right? So it's like, if you're keeping up with the Joneses that way and then you're like, what is it? Are they literally going to be sitting in their home that has no furnishings whatsoever while they're just hanging on to it until the very last day that they're being asked to get out of it because it's no longer your property? Priorities, priorities, right? It's I, I find that people's priorities a lot of the time is in the wrong place. And me, I never like to bl blame social media because social media is a great tool you can you know for many anything, great things anything. but at the same time the problem with the social media era is that people post pictures they're in their car this we're making then, so much money and we're, we're completely making so much happy money. yeah if you're that happy why are you having to show it to us <laughs> right but no one really thinks like that right yeah. like but a lot of those people that are on social media and this i can say from personal experience um, of many people, you know, clients, people we know, it's the, the people that have to show their things on social media, they're actually the least happy. That's yeah, why they need validation, right? Yeah. Um, so that's the thing. It's, it's, I think that people have so much pressure, like the status quo when, you know, you see people's photos on Instagram, you're like, I need to look perfect. Uh, because of course they're not going to show their, you know, their blemishes. They're not going to show their cellulite or they're not going to show their crow's feet or all of that gets filtered, right? The, the world, it's it's a lot of smoky mirrors. Yeah. Also, a lot of people say they're making a lot of money on social media, but they're not really. It's like, it's smoke, a lot of smoky mirrors. They're not really making real money. A lot of these people. That's why I keep on going back to, you, you see what their financials are like. And I'm like, okay, wow. back in my day with my parents, if you were making $100,000 a year, you were very well off. Right. Like like back in my day in my twenties, you'd be lucky to make thirty, thirty five thousand a year yeah, and you're exactly. surviving that. And I was driving around in a pickup truck that cost me three thousand dollars used. Mm, yeah. Right. And that's just how it was. Yeah. But now these people are getting sixty, seventy, eighty thousand dollar leases for vehicles, living in one point two, one point five million dollar homes. Yeah, with very high mortgages on them. So it's no huge, equity. Yeah, no equity whatsoever. And then then okay so i i know that when i started paying attention to um the whole and i'm old enough to know skydome it's not the rogers Same. center to me yeah, right so skydome. i don't give a yeah, shit yeah we always say skydome it's skydome right <laughs> yeah. so i i'm old enough to watch those towers grow and i'm old yes. enough to chirp to say that city place was a stupid idea because you cannot build that many towers coming off of one exit off of one thoroughway. thank you Something right so and, city and, and i and if i was out civilian and i've said this share before i i drill a tunnel underneath where the gardener is yeah. from the 427 to the dvp so anybody who wants to right. go to the east and wants to go to the west bypasses the whole mess that's called the toronto core right but they'll yeah. never do that because all the island people will be upset by all the rumbling going on through the waters right and i'm like listen start a wave pool at that point i don't give a shit right <laughs> yeah do something the city's so growing i'm watching all these towers go up and i'm like 
who's moving into these things? We the so they started talking about, well, all the young professionals that want to be in the core downtown working. Well, when they get tired of those places in about five years and they want to upgrade because somebody got pregnant or they've got a right. dog or whatever it is, right? Then who's going to start moving into these places? Well, the elderly, when they're retiring, they're going to be empty nesters. So they're going to want to downsize and go there. Yeah. Okay. All right. None of that's happening. No. Uh, elderly don't like to be downtown. They like to be in condos, but not downtown. No. They want nothing they to do with They want nothing to do with it, right? Yeah. So, But now I have a problem with, you, sh- you know this, right? Like Yorkdale has their 20 plus towers being built right now. Sherway just announced their 20 plus towers being built right now. Yeah. Square One's planning the exact same thing now. So you're getting exactly. all these massive towers being built. And I get it that 100,000 people are coming into this country every month. And there's only 40,000 new jobs every month. Right. But then these 100,000 people can't afford to even get a mortgage approval to get that 500 square foot condo. But they're coming with a family. Yes. So it's like it doesn't it's a talk about a square hole round peg, whatever it is. Talk about like it doesn't work. It doesn't fit. It doesn't make any sense. So it's just like it's just it creates this chaos. That's what's going to happen. So we're still building a lot of depression. Like you were saying. It does. It's going to happen. Makes People feel inadequate. But there's nothing wrong with people. That's there's it's not that there's something wrong with you. It's so uh, what should the person be doing right now? Let's let I, I'd love yeah. to get your opinion about okay, so realistically now people are not moving out in their twenties. They can't afford it. Nope. Right? Some not even in their thirties. So what are they looking at? Their mid to late thirties before they're looking at getting their first property? Now when they're looking at yeah. their first property, what they should what should they be looking at? So when a buyer's looking into their first property, it's we always tell a first time buyers right off the bat, it's you're not going to buy your dream home on the first one. Your first home is your stepping stone to your dream home. So the thing is, um, a lot of times people want instant gratification. They want what they want right away. Yeah. But you actually have to work towards it. Like the first property I ever bought, oh Lord, when I think back, I'm like, wow, what a crafty house. But that crappy house stepping opened. Stone. Yeah, it was a stepping stone for me to buy, you know, the properties I have today. Yeah. Because what happens is us as humans, we're inefficient uh, with money. It's we have needs. We want to spend money. We see shiny things. We want to buy them. Your property saves money a lot faster than you do. So what happens is you buy a property two, three years. You, you wait a few years. It builds equity. It saves money. You sell that. You use that equity to buy your second home, Right much easier to have two 300k in your property than for you to have it in your bank account right but people today are not doing that they're not thinking that they're not thinking that because they want the instant results the ones that do do that the ones that realize like oh okay you know what i gotta buy something because i gotta get in the market because the out you know the market outpaces my ability to save you know market appreciates much faster than i'm able to save so let me pick something up at a good price they end up not buying and then they fall under that trap of renting and paying someone else's mortgage for decades upon decades. And then they never end up picking anything up. And we see all sorts of people. We deal with all sorts of, of, of of people. And then the ones, the clients that we do see do that where they're like, okay, okay. I, I, I get the vision. I get the plan. Let me go for it. Sure enough, two to three years, they're calling us and they're like, Hey, what's like my condo worth? Is it a good time to buy? Like, sorry, is it a good time to sell? We look at the numbers, we say, yep, you know, if, if it's no, it's no. We say, just wait a little bit longer. I'll let you know when it's a good time. We, we always advise our clients like that. And then, you know, if it is a good time, we sell it. 
They pocket 300K, 400K, whatever it is, and then we help them find their dream home. Just that we do all of the numbers ahead of time, right? Of course, because you never want to list your property and then find out you can't afford what you're looking for. Course, yeah. So we do all of that preliminary work ahead of time. If all the numbers you know, uh, make sense, everything checks out, then we move forward. However, had they not bought that property two to three years prior, they wouldn't have the ability to buy that home, the bigger home. But the majority of the market did buy that property. The majority of the market told each other whether it was a dual income situation, we yeah. need to get out of here and get to our dream home, closer to a dream home. Yes, and the ones with equity are doing well and they'll continue to do well even if the market does have a massive downturn because there's equity there. You know, now the ones that bought the $1.2 million houses as a first time buyer giving 5% down, I worry for them. I worry for them because there's no equity in their property. What they owe is more than what it's worth. And that's called a short sale. That's a problem because uh, banks, mortgages can call back your mortgage if you owe more than it's actually worth. And they've been doing that. They're starting, yeah. Yeah, which is they're a scary time that. now because yeah. now you can just get a phone call because they're nervous. Of course. It might actually, I mean, I, I don't fault it. It might actually be a good thing that the banks of Canada actually go into the red for the first time in history. You know what? <laughs> I agree. Um, sometimes in order for us to learn, we have to go through a little bit of pain. And, and it's fine. It's not everything in life has to be lovely and wonderful. It's okay to go through hardship. It's called just being a human. Yeah. Right. I find that, you know, there's never been another generation had there's never been a better time to be alive. We have everything we need. We live like kings and queens when you compare, you know, lifestyle 200 years ago. We live better than kings and queens back then. Right. And at the same time, we've never been more entitled and more like sucky about things. It's like if, you know, if, 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 if we don't wake up and people are smiling at us or being nice, it's like, oh, you know, that person looked at me sideways. That's OK. They don't have to smile at you. They don't owe you anything. It's like, you know, people don't, things don't have to go your way every time. It's, it's a okay. Different, it's a, I, I don't understand this world today. I just know that there's a, a large major, majority of tradespeople out there who would love to be living 100 years ago because we would all survive. Yeah, right? <laughs> with a lot less. We would all survive. And be much happier, And be too. much happier. Yes. Yes. And date the one woman. <laughs> date like, the one woman, the one man. You don't need multiple women and scratch. men. Like, exactly. It, it's, and just like provide yes because you know what there's something called basic human needs yeah and basic human needs like money isn't even one of them it's love and connection it's the relationships you build that are important but we are in such a capitalistic time that you know the world has become so capitalistic that it's like oh if you don't have that house that car you're nothing you're not worth anything people attach their worth to material things they listen to what strangers are telling and listen to what like something that like with no context no background you know, and um, it's it, it's that's the biggest trouble I would say with nowadays. It's there's a lot of loose information. Uh, something I, I always uh, laugh to my parents about. My parents would be like, Stephanie, do you know what I saw on Facebook? This, and I'm like, Mom, Dad, Facebook is <laughs> Don't not. Don't believe anything you see on Facebook. Yeah, I actually <laughs> joke with my mom. I'm like, Oh yeah, if it's on the internet, it must be true. And then I had to explain to her. I'm like, You know what? I you can go on the internet, open a page, and say that the sky is actually green. And that's there. Is it true? No, but it's there on a website. And there'll be a group that believes it. And there will be a group that believes it for whatever reason, with no like basis. I remember <laughs> at the beginning of the the madness with this pandemic that um, there was a few friends of mine. They just said, "Forget it, I'm out." Yeah, I've tapped out of the city. They sold their house and they went rural. They went way far oh. out, and they ended up 
buying a property that was bigger, greater, simpler. And they still had a bunch of money left over for retirement. So lovely. And it was such a smart move. But none of the younger generations, anybody in the 30s, they weren't planning that. They had to be in the urban core. They had to, right? Majority, yes. What we notice is that there's a vast difference between people that are still working, like young professionals. Uh, There's a huge shift in the thinking once they become parents. Yeah. It's like people before kids, like pre-kids and after kids, they have a completely different uh, mind frame completely different but in today's digital age why couldn't this younger generation understand that they can work remotely in anywhere in the world like i'm still this show we record shows talking to people halfway around the world we're communicating with people that whether we met them through dms on on social media and then we're connecting with them on the show and then we interview them but it's just all done through an internet connection so now you're having the conversation so work-wise if you're doing something that's digitally speaking, you can do this halfway around the world. Yeah, absolutely. So you can be in rural Canada somewhere in some small town, and then that's your home that you can afford and still have plenty left over. Exactly, To yes. maintain and even probably build upon, renovate, or even buy another up, upsell in that town, that little exactly. town. Exactly, and that's something that happened a lot uh, in the during the pandemic. Yeah, a I lot saw, of our I clients saw a lot moved. Of people, yeah. Like, even um, past the GTA, a lot of them, uh, cottages became a huge fad during the like 2020, 2021. But then now that a lot of people are starting to go back to work, they're having to actually go back into the office. A lot of them are kind of like finding it difficult with the, the distance. Do you get into the cottage market? Uh, not us personally. We'll refer out an agent because yeah. you need to know that market well. Yeah. yeah. I thought there was like a slight max exodus going on there right now mass right. estimate yeah like yeah. people are just trying to sell these units yeah. now that they can't afford because it was just a fad it yeah. was, you know it was something that people were doing they thought it was cool to do that now we're working from home but the, the issue is a lot of uh people are a little bit like short-sighted too like they don't really think ahead of what might happen it's like you can do that but it has to be a um you know you have to be working in, it depends what you're working in what field like your field has to be able to yeah adapt to that right it's if you if you are having to go to the city or meeting clients in the city probably shouldn't move two hours away right so it all depends on your lifestyle but you need to think future you need to think a little bit ahead i would say do you think stephanie that you'll see we'll see double digits interest rates no we won't touch Gosh, that i don't even know we're if close i don't think so like double digits not you sustainable you don't think we'll hit 10 percent? i really don't see that happening no, I don't see that happening. Also, the reason, a major reason why the interest rates went up in the first place is because inflation, right? Inflation last year was at 8%. This year, it dropped to 2.8. And then it went up a little bit recently because of gasoline, the price of gasoline. So it went up a little bit. But if you can combat inflation by that much in just a year, I think we're... we're I know, but all okay. these price increases are due to a carbon tax, which is affecting everything. Right. So and there's and there's no and there's already been more rumors of bullshit talking about that carbon tax is going to get increased again. So that's that's going to it's a cause and effect now. So if what is interest rate right now? Right now, it's uh, the fixed. So when we talk about interest rate, I always like to do like the five year fixed that we're seeing five point five and variable variable six. I know that B lenders are doing six point eight about just a bit over six. Just over six. Yes. So if this carbon tax keeps on going up because there's no sign of an election happening this year, not next year, and that carbon tax keeps going up, 
and people keep defaulting on leases and lines of credits and mortgages. Yeah, that's. I'm going to say challenge. I'm going to say interest rate will hit ten, double digits. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm, gonna, I'm not an expert in this field. I'm not yeah. a banking person. It's hard to know, right? Because even like people that are directly in the fields, like um, a lot of the mortgage people we work with, were surprised. Like they, you know, but like three years ago, did you think you can control as many people that were controlled? Did you think that interest rates would ever go as high as what went on? Did you think that you would be paying so much for food, so much? Did we ever think in Toronto we would be I'm, uh, before Christmas? Mm -hmm. It's going to be a two dollar liter in yes, Toronto. Exactly. Yeah. It's been a That's fact in Vancouver, projected. right? So yeah. Vancouver's been dealing with a $2 liter for the longest time. And then tradespeople, I go back to tradespeople, it's it's far closer on diesel. We're almost at $1.90 averaging yeah. for diesel. So I guarantee you, before the holidays, we're seeing a $2 liter. Yes. Here in Toronto. Absolutely. Which means that you got to combat this from the Bank of Canada. And so they're going to yes. increase it. Well, that's the thing, right? With the the aggressivity of how of what they've increased already, I think they need to just chill a bit. But when you've spent more money, one person, than every other leader in this country in one term, yeah. you have to somehow try to justify paying off that debt. And the only way you pay that off is by continuing doing what you're doing. Yes. Which leads to all this defaulting. That's what's going to happen. You're just going to, and then people are going to be forced to start from zero. Yes. And that's the thing, but it also, people need to stick to what they can afford. But they so didn't. That's the issue for those that didn't stick to what they can afford and over leverage themselves. Those are ones that are going to be in a little bit of trouble. So but I got, I'm, I got mm -hmm. a car, sorry. I got a car at 2020. I lease because 20, of business, yes. right? So, and I got the interest rate at 1.9. Yeah, just wow. because I guess I am a nice guy or whatever, right? <laughs> and so, and then all of a sudden, the lease is coming up, and then I spoke to my sales rep, and he's like, "Manny, don't even get rid of it. Just hang on." Exactly. To it. Yes. Because he told me what the interest rate was going to be for this year, and then he told me what the interest rate on that same car, new model, was going to be for next year, and he was saying it was going to be ten and a half. I was like, "You're you're out to lunch, dude. There's no way that I'm ever going to agree to going from one point nine to ten and a half to buy a new car." But it, but it makes sense too, yeah. But that's what these businesses are doing. So now they're selling. So what are they going to have? A, like a surplus of all these vehicles are just going to be sitting there and then they're going to have to try well, to sell them? that's what happens. Yeah. Inventory he, goes but, up. But he was also telling me that there was a waiting list for all this stuff. People were waiting for all these vehicles. Right now? Yeah. And Ooh. I'm like, you're out to lunch, man. Yeah, I... I agree because right now we're... Because just... Uh, it was at 8% just uh, recently. As contractors, we know safety is crucial at all times, but having team members not follow or even worse, not know safety protocols is something that can cause stress and anxiety in the workplace. We face this and many other challenges daily from calling the entire team just to make sure jobs are done in a safe manner to updating team members one by one about training they need to complete regarding a certain tool or a new regulation only to figure out who has or hasn't completed the training and document everything in messy folders. We deal with a lot. But Connect Team is here to help us out. Connect Team is a platform built for managers with a lot of different capabilities made to ease communications and operations, helping you get a clear and live overview of your business while giving your employees one central and simple app for work. Connect Team has a free plan and a 14-day free trial. Try them today by checking out the link in the show notes. 8%. It's insane. So it's like... 
I get what you're saying. There's like, more than tripled, but like in, in 2020, we definitely knew like a hundred percent. I was like, these interest rates are going to go up. This 100%. is a roller coaster. It's just going off the rails. But it's now, just going. yeah, no, but you know what? There's, it's like I mentioned, every market is cyclical, right? So like in 2020, there was actually a halt in the market. Um, like I, I'm able to like basically give a timeline of the whole market and how things happen. So I remember when COVID hit, right? Like March of 2020, when everyone started seeing like, ah, this thing is gonna stick around a while. It, from April to July, nothing was happening. Our phones were not ringing. No one was transacting. Properties were sitting in the market. Like literally nothing was happening. Mm -hmm. And then first interest rate decrease came. Second one came. Third, on the third one, market started to, you know, cause the government, they uh, lowered the interest rates at that time to stimulate spending. Yep. And that's when it started to to go crazy and then the market was on steroids and then they took a little bit too long to kind of like start increasing the rates but i remember like when we you know beginning of 2021 when we started seeing the market and what it was doing we're like no these interest rates, this is not sustainable these interest rates are going to go up for sure but did we think they would you know in a time span of one year go you know like triple no I don't think anyone could have guessed that. No, nobody knows that, but you've got people that are just feeding it. Feeding it, of course. Right. It depends where people want to put their focus, right? And what they what they really want to look at. But it's like I mentioned, there's this was inevitable. Yeah. It was inevitable. But this is a hard place to be at. It doesn't matter if you're a first-time buyer or whatever. It's for anyone. Or it, it, for anyone, because now you have to figure out, I can't really sell because I'm going to lose the value. I can't really rent because I'm just going to be paying a lot of money. So then what do you do? You just batten down the hatches now. You have to figure out how to how to, how to to survive. That's all you got to do. Absolutely. So we're seeing a lot of people have to adjust their lifestyle. So, for example, even, um, you know, in my household, we are two people and a dog. Like, we don't have children yet. What kind of dog? Um, a Boston Terrier. <laughs> What's his name? Or uh, her, her, name? her name is Minnie Mouse. Minnie Mouse. <laughs> Two-name so, pet. All yeah. right. Okay. So, so, you know, we started doing adjustments, right? And we were like, wow, we don't, we don't have kids. And, you know, we're finding, and we make a decent living. We make a sizable income. And we're like, did you see the price of that? Like, what are these people crazy? <laughs> and, uh, you know, so we used to eat out a lot and that's something we cut months ago. Uh, we do not eat at restaurants, um, as often. Sometimes we would go to restaurants three to four times a week. Now it's once a week at most. If I want to go out, I'll reach out to a brand or rep or somebody and I'd be like, Hey, you want to get together around noon? Right. <laughs> right at lunchtime <laughs> or dinner time. <laughs> That's where right. Where do you want to go? I don't know. You got the expense account. You tell me where you want to go. Right. <laughs> so we're going to see a lot but those more are far and few too, man. So I know, I just, right? <laughs> I'm like, dude, we need what's more wrong? Of these restaurant owner friends. <laughs> <laughs> so, so yeah, so people are having to make uh, adjustments to their lifestyles yeah. and people already are. Uh, you're seeing less people do kind of like the frivolous spending. So even, um, you know, studies in supermarkets, not as many people are, people are buying necessities. They're not buying, you know, the extra you know cookies here the the specialized cereal no they're just buying you know eggs milk butter bread i call it food and fuel <laughs> right like you food that's just fueling you physically just for survival and then fuel to because you need to get around in your vehicle right absolutely it's just as simple as it's that. as simple as that you need to get from a to b i don't know anybody S these days is, is putting supreme in their vehicle 
I do yeah. not care about Supreme. Seriously, like, and even me sometimes, I'm like, do I really need to put nope. this Supreme? Oh my nope. God. You fill <laughs> it up, a little bit of detergent in there, it's all good. That's it's right. Same thing, right? <laughs> That's, That's right. That's how it is. No, no, everyone is being conscious, but the thing is... A lot more conscious, yes. You've got a lot of people that have changes. overbought. No, of course, right? And the overbuying is, once again, tied into keeping up with the Joneses. Yeah. You know, my friend has that, so if I don't have that... I'll feel weird. And it's funny because a lot of people that transact in real estate, they'll be like, they'll call us and be like, hey, like, um, you just sold my uh, friend a property. So like, I would like to buy one too. Like it's, and like when one family member moves, all of a sudden we know that their other family members are going to move too. It's like people are, because as humans, we're tribal animals. Yeah. We like to, 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 to fit into the tribe. It's a survival thing. It's, you know, if you're different, you might not survive. You might get left out. You know, so it's it's that's the thing. It's people, unfortunately, compare themselves all the time, but they don't look at the what's really going on. They don't look at they don't see that person's books. Are you seeing a lot of people trying to hang on to family dwellings? Yes, because they see the value in it, right? Like they just like it. Just I've got nieces and nephew, and I'm just like you guys are the youngest is probably twenty, the oldest is probably thirty, and I'm like, you guys can't afford. No. There's no way. And they know they Even can't. if all five of you guys pull together. Yeah, you still can't You still it. will struggle. Yes. That's you guys pooling together and, and buying a frat house and enjoying the life together as that, as cousins, that's exactly right? It. But that's not a reality. That's not going to happen. No, it doesn't usually work out. It's actually funny you say that because it's something I said to my niece. My niece um, was like, you know, came up with the conversation like, I want to move out of home. I'm 18 now. Like, I want to rent a place. And I'm like, it's honey, do you, want me to show you? <laughs> do you want me to show you the rent prices, hon? To show you how much you have to work <laughs> to pay that rent? Did she know about the 200000 income to disqualify? She no. didn't know about that. No. No. So, so that's the thing. A lot of these younger kids, they don't know the value of money yet. And they think, they look at us doing it. We make it look so easy, right? But um, Stop buying the $9 croissant. Stop buying the $9 croissants. And that's something that now the 18-year-old niece of mine is learning. Uh, you know, when she first started working, she started working about a year ago. She would, uh, you know, I, I would see her. It was really cute because, you know, I would see her with her friends sometimes. She'd be like, oh, don't worry, I'll get you. You know, I'll buy this for you. And her, my younger uh, nephew, her brother, she'd be like, oh, I'll buy you an ice cap, no problem. And then I'm just looking at her and I'm like, I was once like that too, but you're going to quickly learn that you can't be, you know, you can't be buying things for people covering their bill. You're going to notice that money is very fleeting. So what's the landscape going to be like, Stephanie, like in Toronto specifically? Because I, I guess, has Toronto surpassed Vancouver now? Is Toronto more of a mess than Vancouver? Because remember Not Vancouver? yet. Not yet. Vancouver is still a mess. Yeah. Vancouver. But is it a mess because of all the offshore bullshit, even though our lovely government decided to implement that, that new it's, rule this it's year? It's funny because a lot of people, yeah, talk about like the foreign investors and stuff. Yeah. But investors, they only comprise of like 10% of the market. It's a lot of local people doing this. Investors are not as prevalent as people think. Really, huh? Yeah. Not as prevalent. So for the last two and a half years, whatever, all the locals were just bidding and competing against each other, creating this mess. Yeah. A lot are locals. There are, of course, uh, some, depending on the area you're in and what type of real estate you're looking at, like... um, Investors are very heavy on, like, the pre-con, especially from, like... um, kind of like the east side of the world, like China and places like that. They like to come here and buy properties in cash. Some of them leave the properties vacant. But once again, that that's not the majority of the market. Majority of the market are people that are 
citizens. The residents of, am of I, the city. Am I crazy to say, or am I going to get in trouble by saying that a lot of this offshore money that's going on and buying these properties is basically just their way of laundering money in Canada? You know, there's a lot of speculation. It kind of makes like, sense when you make the we rules don't really up know, and right? you read it and you're like going, yeah, actually that is technically speaking laundering money. You know what it is? Um, also, it's not just, it's not it's particularly, that, particularly that they're laundering money. It's money here is more secure. Um, there's some place in the world where it's like you can own an asset and at any time that asset can be taken Take over. So I think a lot of these foreign investors, they buy here because it's extremely safe. It's just very safe. For now. For now. For now. All, all we can compare it to is the now, right? What happens in the future is purely speculation. But, you was, know, just going back to affordability, it's just that people have to adjust. Have you, Did you recently hear that whole uh, New York Airbnb law? Uh, which one? No more like Airbnbs a, allowed. Oh, at all? Well, you have to qualify for it, but they basically eliminated something like 35,000 Airbnb units. Now, if you want to rent it out as an Airbnb, you as the homeowner have to be there for the 30 days minimum. That you have to rent it out. You cannot longer do a single day rental. Yeah, no, that isn't new. That's already been... Um, they just passed it, I mean. Oh, because... It's a law now. It's passed. Yeah, and here, they implemented those changes about two years ago. Here, yeah. Oh, so it's here just, too? Yeah, yeah. So you can't Airbnb in Toronto? You can Airbnb, but only if, if you live in the uh, property and only 180 days. In Toronto? Yeah. When did they put that in place? This was about two years ago. Wow. A year and a half to two years. What garbage. Yeah, there's a bunch of restrictions, right? Because the hotel industry is a very strong industry, right? And uh, all of these Airbnbs were competing with the with hotels. So why didn't, why didn't the taxis do that about Uber? Not a strong industry. Not as strong of an industry. Not as strong of an industry. I guess they're not paying as many taxes, right? Hotels pay a lot of uh, fees, taxes. Like, they stimulate a lot of jobs. I'm sure you guys look at real estate across the globe right yeah, i'm yeah. sure that in your downtime you're probably just looking at i knew somebody that was in the film business and she's actually a real estate agent now in portugal and oh, I, nice. I i enjoy watching her feed because she's always listing homes there and i'm like yeah much better than canada <laughs> yeah um but i mean who's actually like where's a good place to live nowadays in today's climate in today's mm, what country a is a really good place to live in well, that's the thing. North America is a great place to live in, but it depends, I guess, on the city. Depends on the province, the state. Like, for example, so please tell me which province. Like, which when you look city? at the states, right? The U.S. Oh, for I'm example, not, not the U.S. Not the U.S. Well, in Toronto, like, uh, sorry, Canada. So, when you're outside of Toronto, right? You go to like West, let's say Alberta, for example. Very different home house prices. Extremely different house prices. Yeah, but I don't like Thunder country Bay, music. Eh? You know, <laughs> yeah. Then you're SOL if you don't like <laughs> exactly, country music in right? Alberta. Um, but I would say a lot of um, actually cities in the GTA are very nice to live. Really? Yeah. Where? So when we're looking, and this is purely so based on demographics. Yeah, GTA. Even Oakville. Oakville is a lovely place to live. Oakville is more expensive. But it's not, it's not affordable. It's not yeah, a, that's sure. so, okay. When you say it's nice <laughs> to live, it needs to be affordable too. Well, yes. In terms of affordability, like Burlington is not bad. I was talking about more. Burlington's getting very expensive too because they just popped up that hospital there. So as soon as you pop up a hospital and a Costco, then you're done. That's it. The prices are going to go through the roof, <laughs> that's right? So, that's so funny. But yeah, no, like the prices are reasonable for detached properties. Uh, uh, Burlington has adjusted their prices, corrected their prices for pretty decent. Um, and then nice places like um, even Peterborough is not bad. It's a nice one. 
Um, a lot of nice little towns. Like on, when we're talking about East, there's a little town I love. It's called Brooklyn, which is off of like Whitby. Very nice. I think I've driven through it, yeah. Yes. So there's some nice little towns. Like there's some pockets that are overlooked, extremely overlooked. Um, and then there's others that for no reason, they're super high. Makes no sense. Um, Ancaster is a very nice place as well. Um, there's a lot of nice uh, little towns in GTA. The thing about Toronto is that it changed too quickly, right? And like with a lot of immigration gentrification, things changed and... Changed for the negative, in my opinion. Yeah. It's definitely not the Toronto I was born and raised in. Nope. Um, it's become very different and violent too. Uh, we see some, you know... Yep. Weird and, you know, things. <laughs> I guess within the uh, metropolitan city... You see that happening. Yeah. More in bigger cities that have far more, like what is New York? 11 million or something like that. Yeah. We're, we're still 3 million, yes. right? But it, I, I was call Toronto a mini New York. We're like mini New York. Same demeanor, same big city attitude, I find. It's being designed just for the wealthy, though. That's the problem. Well, yeah. Like even New York and Brooklyn, like I can't even go to Brooklyn anymore because Brooklyn is not Brooklyn anymore. It's different gentrification yeah it's exactly right so, so yeah. i was i was talking more about like I, I i like reading articles about certain italian towns and i mm -hmm. think greece towns that are inviting people to come in and giving the government's giving tax credits and all kinds of benefits if you come in and live into this prop this city this town yeah. and and actually renovate a home there then you'll get all these benefits why can't we get these smaller pockets I outside know. of the gta in these smaller towns like brooklyn where you get the government incentivizing these people to come in and go listen buy a property in yeah. brooklyn buy a property in branford buy a property there will give you a huge tax benefit or tax credit or something right like i think that. that would really help to develop a lot of those little towns and yeah. yeah um because there are some government incentives like you know even in toronto and for first-time buyers but i just don't think they're enough yeah they're sure they're in the shape of wads of money so then you can get ownership of a green belt that's how it's tied in right those are the incentives that i don't really care for Right. But I, I wanted like legitimate incentives about because it doesn't actually help. It doesn't like help local. It doesn't yeah, help er, like the whole point is that you've got so many people which we want to invite people into this country, right? You yes. definitely want all these immigrants to come to these countries, of course. But you don't want these immigrants to be paying thirty five hundred dollars in rent. No. They can't afford it. No, and they have like families. And a lot of people think it's the landlords being greedy, but it, it's not. It's it, all of their fees have gone up. Yeah, everything. Right? So they don't have a choice on. but to. There's certain it. like that landlord charging course, nine thousand yeah, dollars to kick two people out. Yeah, that's, that's just, just ridiculous. But completely legal. He's allowed to do that ever since what was exactly. it? Two or three years at the twenty eighteen. Twenty eighteen, they got rid of rent control. Yes, and so in buildings that are built after twenty eighteen. Yeah. Yes. So, so so all these towers that I talked about earlier on around Yorkdale, around Sherway, around Square One. No rent control. No, no. So they can and charge that's the thing, whatever and, they want. And, and us, we always tell people, if you're paying rent um, and you're paying a decent amount, just stay put. Like, don't try to keep oh, hopping from rental to rental if you have a choice. Because sometimes people are like, I'm renting, but I want a bigger space. So I want to move. And it's like they're paying 2200 a month and then... They're going to, they want a whole house. Now they're looking at four grand. And it's like, you probably shouldn't do that. Like, just maybe sacrifice a little bit, stay there another year, but leave there to, you know, home ownership. Uh, I think uh, if you're paying four grand in rent, you think you should probably try to own 
at that point. But you're also getting landlords that might yeah. be in a financial pickle as well, where they legitimately need to kick out the tenant because they have yeah. to move in because they can't carry their own costs. No, yeah, and that's what's happening. And then you're getting tenants saying, well, I'm not leaving. And then they're getting into a landlord-tenant act fight. Yes. Because they know that if they get kicked out, they're paying 2200 and it's a fair rate. Exactly, They know they yes. get out. They're never going to find a place for 2200 No. So then they fight the system and they'll end up staying there for six a year and then that landlord doesn't even get any rent and has to fight the system yeah. to kick them out to kick them so out so it's and, like and it's even just get a win win for everything not for everyone I that's why i got to be very cautious before kind of moving in so like i mentioned 2021 a lot of people were just buying condos like i'm just gonna buy that i'm like it's overpriced it's like yeah but that's okay it'll keep going up joneses i'm like no it's not gonna keep going up and now i think we all know that it's because there's people that literally ask us they're like well real estate just always goes up right I'm like no, no just like any other market it's cyclical it, it looks like this right it looks like this and then there's a period like that and then it goes like this again just like if you look at any chart for any market any investment uh, not, nothing's linear right people think everything's linear it's not there's what was the interest rate in, in 09? The bank rate was what? How high was Hold on. it? Let me try to I don't remember. know. I don't know off the top of my head. I think it was 5%, 5 to 6%. And then it got as low as what? Uh, like a 2021, 20 or? Uh, like, yeah, it got to, once again, like, like 2%, 2%, 1, 2%, whatever. Yes. There's that client that got, you know, 0. 0.9, like 0.95%. They just not see even that, a percent just, that's why i look at history and i'm like i could totally see double digit interest rates happening because that's how history works history yes history it's always important to learn history because yes generally uh best indicator of future proceedings is past proceedings right history always repeats itself but it's like you mentioned because a lot of people when the interest rates started going up they're like so what i paid interest rates of 19 percent. my parents paid 19 percent. i'm like yeah but that was like on 100k 200k like you were saying right um i think right now with the double digits, it's hard. It's still hard to say. Like, it's just not sustainable. We need a collapse. Well, that's the thing, right? It's we have it's, a, we, it's, it's really hard to speculate on that one, I would say. But we had a correction in 2017, and no one seems to remember that. We had a 20% correction here. What do you mean? 20? In 2017. What do you mean 20%? So what happened was, uh, in the end of 20, 2016, market was doing what it does best in toronto like it was still over going, asking it was, yeah multiple offers it was you know, that's been going on in toronto, toronto for over a decade already okay. right so what happens is with a lot of these um with a lot of these uh mortgage rules that's what really people really need to pay attention to these mortgage rules right so 2016 when the market was kind of market was going a little bit crazy uh government uh made the mortgage rules more strict i forget a hundred percent what they did at the time i think oh it was the stress test have you ever heard of stress yeah, I, test I remember the stress yeah test. so people were getting low rates but they had to qualify at a higher rate they had to qualify they had to to be able to afford a higher rate right just the bank be, like being conservative let's see that's what harper did right exactly so and what that's, and that's why we avoided the us 08 shit a hundred percent yeah, hundred percent, right? Because it's like I mentioned, we've never been loose like the states with lending. We've always been conservative in comparison to other places, right? Um, so that's why I don't foresee what happened in the states happening here, because it's like people do still have to have in you know down payment jobs, and they do have to have a good situation. You can't just have nothing and buy, right? It's never been like that here. Whereas in the states, it was very much like that, right? So what happened is stress test came in. Uh, they also made it harder on foreign uh, investors. Like they did something with foreign investors, I remember at the time. And then there was 
Um, this was third and fourth quarter of, of 2017. Mm-hmm. So there was a, a, a decline. There was a correction. So people that had bought in the beginning of tw- 2017, um, at that time, let's say they bought a million dollar property. Uh, by like uh, October, like September, October of that same year, it was 800K. Oh. Right. So and but then what happened was tw- and 2018 was kind of a flat market, kind of like not much happening. And then in 2019, it started to go up again. And then it kind of leveled off. So no one really talks about it because it was a correction that was corrected later as it started to go up. But there's a lot of people, if they were transacting during that time, they remember it very clearly. I'm just, I'm going back to um, construction and retail. So once you start seeing construction turn and retail take a hit, mm-hmm. cars stop being sold which is the first indication, then homes stop being sold or homes start being taken. Or just longer on the market, right? Longer on the market, uh, but also being taken by banks or what have you, lending rates, right? So, and then you've got like stupid B lenders going into the teens now and all kinds of shit trying to save people. Yeah. Right? Because they're just taking advantage of the situation. That's all it is. That's a gay market share, yeah. Yeah, so that's just how it works, right? So when you've got all these things happening... You got tradespeople that are not going to be working. They're not going to be making the money that they used to be making, and they're going to try to survive. So then they're going to lower their price point to just yes. survive at that point. And so, how much longer can we survive this? It's going to be like I think you're right. It's going to be like five years of surviving this before we start seeing any kind of light. Yeah. Right. And so that's where. But in that five year period, there's going to be major losses across the board. Yes. For, for people that really don't do their due diligence or that are buying things they can't afford, uh, you know, especially with high limit credit cards, sometimes people just go and, you know, they spend more than they actually make. It's super important to have a balance sheet. It, it, it's important for you to have a budget, a personal budget. I remember me, I, I, you know, I started working real estate so young. And, you know, when you start making money, it's like you think, you know, you're like, oh, I make all this money. No, you don't. You don't make as much as you think. You know, there's the Scotiabank slogan, you're richer than you think. No, it's you're you're broker than you think. (laughs) And you should probably tone down the spending of it, right? Because even for me, sometimes people look at me, they're like, oh, you're a real estate agent. So like, you know, you just have a tree in your backyard, you pull up money. It's like, no, I'm actually very cheap with my spending. Like I'm very cautious about everything. Yes, because I know how hard it is to make money businesses are hard and you have so many expenses it's don't think that because you're making a sizable income that you can just spend like even people that are multi-millionaires have to budget you know money is very fleeting money isn't what people really um think it is right so people just have to be like okay this is my income this is what i pay in taxes so deduct it so taxes you got to pay you got to pay them you can't run from them so deduct that, see how much you have net, and then see, uh, you know, your housing shouldn't be more than like 30 to 40% of that net, what you net. And then your car should be this portion, you know, uh, like I wanted a particular car. Um, only now I got it last year. And I have been hustling in real estate for 17 yeah. years. And only now I'm starting to kind of get where I want to be, right? And it's, But you're not the majority. And I'm not the majority. No, I'm definitely not the majority, but I had to learn the hard way. So, you know, I was making like pretty decent money at a young age and I didn't, I wouldn't budget. I wouldn't make a balance sheet. I, 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 you know, I could care less. I'm like, ah, just spend it. I want it. I'll just work more. I'll just make another check. And then I would see that every year I was like in debt for like four years. It took me four years to get out of debt. But once I got out of it, I'm like, never again. Because honestly, debt is a slow killer. It kills you slowly. 
Uh, so it's like, you know, what I learned is, hey, just because it's in the bank account doesn't mean I need to spend it. Just let it sit there pretty. Just let it sit there. Uh, there there's always going to be something to spend money on. Don't worry. <laughs> So it's just budgeting. Budgeting is going to be very crucial. Well, I think that's what's going to learn. Everyone's going to learn this while they're yeah. hovering over the, the can of fire while to stay warm, right? right? It's just they're going to realize like they, the other thing that I have with this whole generation of overspending is they've never had it hard. They've never had it hard. Yeah. Never, ever had it hard. It's so funny because I was talking to my partner about this actually just this morning. We're like, you know what? We should, there's in the past in history, there have been so many revolutions like the industrial revolution, this revolution, freedom. Uh, there's people that had to fight for basic rights. They, you know, like <laughs> so many revolutions in order to just have this world. We didn't have to fight for anything. Everything that we have today, we should be extremely grateful for. Yep. It came at the cost of a lot of people. Right. But because we are handed it, we think that we deserve it or that we're entitled to it. No, we're not like nobody owes us anything. You better go out and you better hustle and make sure that you're OK, because it's nobody else's job but yours. Right. And it's, it's true. It, it's just the mentality. We're just very entitled. Like even at times, I'm just like, oh, like this is so difficult. I can't, like the seller is so, you know, just lower the price. You know, your house isn't worth that. Or I'm just like, oh, my God, like this. And I'm just like. Calm down. Like, this is not like... This is how they're, they're performing. Yeah, there's a lot of times where I have to check myself, right? Sometimes I want an answer so quick. I'm like, oh, my God, the person just won't answer. It's like... And, like, I notice that at times I'm so impatient. So I just have to be like, calm down. Have patience. You're going to get the answer. Like, patience really is a virtue. I'll tell you that much. Um, and it saves you from a lot of issues, <laughs> like overspending. Thanks, Stephanie. I just got the 12 questions to do. Yes. Uh, thanks so much. I think we've covered quite a bit. Yes. Send, anybody wants to send hand mail, send, send it to me, man. I don't care. I won't read it. So <laughs> You're I too never funny. read it. I don't give a shit. <laughs> There's no time, right? You have to work to survive. It won't hurt my feelings because I have to have them to begin with. So too Stephanie funny. D'Souza, <laughs> Stephanie D'Souza and Associates, uh, www.stephaniedsouza.com and the phone number is 647-330-5279 and her email is stephanie at stephaniedsouza.com and on IG it's Stephanie D'Souza Realtor with two R's and then also on Facebook, your name, Stephanie D'Souza. Yes. What everyday sound brings you joy and comfort? Um, TV background noise. What's your favorite beverage? Diet Coke. It's an addiction. I have a story about Coke. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, that must be interesting. Back in my day, my high school days, I used to paint murals. Okay. Right? So we were doing a job and um, we were running late because we only allowed in high schools at certain times. We'd always do work right. either on long weekends or uh, March break or summers and stuff like that. Right. So we were running late and then all of a sudden uh, we were just working around the clock, literally 24 hours, just painting. And it was just like all kinds of shit. So we had lunch and Cokes right. came with the lunch. Right. I'm a teenager. <laughs> yeah. So um, all of a sudden I dropped a penny in one of the Cokes. Oh, exactly. I see where this is going. Exactly. Yeah. Right. So all of a sudden I didn't finish the Coke because I was like, it's a penny. I don't want to finish it. Right. The next yeah. day it came in and then I went to grab it because I wanted to hear it and it wasn't there anymore. And I asked everybody, did you guys like pour this out? In one day. Yeah, one day. And uh, we put that in our stomachs. Yeah. yeah, I don't touch any soft drinks except for San Pellegrino. That's the only thing I drink. Oh, so. I love San Pellegrino. Uh, what's, your le oh, sorry. what's your least favorite tool? A ratchet. I, I hate using ratchet. It's like you're, you're trying to like turn 
this one way and you're having to like go around and it's just so confusing for me i'm like that's disturbing the thumb dictates the there you go the driving direction. i guess i guess i'm the <laughs> issue because i'll be there i'll put it on the you know it's, it's designed and i'll be like this like it's designed to hold and the thumb swings right like okay <laughs> what, it's like i hate it i hate that tool what turns you on creatively design any kind of design Yes, like I love design. Like I, I could never live in a room without color. Like I love this. I love the oh, patterns, so all the, homes the that accent you see, wall. All the Chantilly lace. You love all that Chantilly lace? I love it. I love <laughs> design and I love like non-conventional design. And I love, you know, just going outside of the box when it comes to design. How many shaker kitchens have you seen? Shaker kitchens? Yeah. Not many. What do you mean? Like shaker style kitchen. Like what do you mean by shaker the style? Cabinetry, the doors. Oh, the white so many like white uh generally white or brown i would say for the bold huh the brown people yeah but most people i think like white no crap i know if you listen to the show there's a i can't stand shaker it's right up there with a glass block oh really okay well what what word or concept do you find overused these days uh live love laugh no one really knows what it is to really live to life. do any of those three to, things yeah what's your favorite curse word uh filio da puta <laughs> I love that one. <laughs> What's your favorite vehicle in the entire world? The Ferrari Portofino convertible. So cute. Tan leather? Always. Red? Red all the way. What do you miss about childhood? Uh, the simplicity of things. I was less jaded, I would say. 100%. Right? What term or phrase resonates with the core of who you are? Yes, this one is... Um, yeah, it really does resonate with who I am today. It's say what you want, do what you want, because those that matter won't mind, and those that mind will not matter. If you could master a skill outside of your own expertise, what would it be? I would say veterinary skills, so caring for animals, or private investigative services. But animals get sick, and animals leave. Yeah, that's the sad part. Mm-hmm. Trust me, I, Too prefer, soon, I prefer animals over humans. I always I say that. I always prefer an animal over same. a human. I don't care how many nice humans there are same. out there. There's far more nice animals. Yes, and <laughs> they are very genuine, and they will never bite the hand that feeds them, unlike <laughs> humans. <laughs> no, I've been bit on my ass. I've been bit on my arm, <laughs> but I still care about them. Um, if you could speak to a historical figure, who would it be, and what would you ask? Uh, Jesus. And? I'd speak to Jesus. Um, I would ask him if it was, you know, if it was all worth it, if humanity is worth it. Hmm. That's what I would ask him. That's a good question. Last question. If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at those pearly gates? I would say, like, I would like to hear, like, finally you have arrived. Now you get to rest. Thank you, Stephanie. Thank you. Pleasure to meet Thanks you. Thanks for finally. having uh, me. I, I really appreciate it. And I love your production. Thank you. The, the whole six degrees and how I did Giovanni tell you how I, we met, how I met him? No. Toronto Pizza. Really? No I'm, better way to meet. That's how I met him. I met him there. I was getting a pie and we got talking. And then he was like, oh, I do a podcast. And I'm like, well, I do a podcast. Well, there you and go. And I showed him mine. He's like, oh, okay. All right. And, and I was come on the show. Let's start talking. Yeah. He said great things. And yeah. I loved his, uh, I loved his interview. It was yeah, very good. nice. Thank you. He did a great job. Thank oh, you so thank much. Thank you so much. So everyone check her out. It's Stephanie D'Souza, Stephanie uh, D'Souza and Associates. And it's the website again is uh, stephaniedsouza.com And the phone number is 647-330-5279. Her email is Stephanie at stephaniedesouza.com and also on IG it's Stephanie D'Souza Realtor with two R's and Stephanie D'Souza on Facebook. That's yes, it. and reach out to us for the best time to buy, best time to sell, and best time to do nothing.
reach out and we'll definitely <laughs> advise you. Perfect. Thanks, Stephanie. Thank you so We're much. Out of here, Angelina.